All righty, good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are halfway through the NFC in our team capsules as we move on to the NFC South. We've also done the entire AFC, so make sure you're listening to it, whether you're on the beach, driving in the car. Very easy to listen to these podcasts. So, uh, But, Wiz, we got some big news this morning uh, just before uh, I kind of just before 10 o'clock where uh, it was reported by the NFL Network's Tom Palacero that uh, Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams, uh, outstanding rookie running back. He is going to miss the 2021 season. Uh, blew out his Achilles while working out. And, uh, yeah, crazy stuff as, we, uh, as we're starting to prepare as teams getting ready to uh, start their camps in the NFL. That's a tough one right off the bat. You know, Cam Akers considered a top 15 uh, running back. Uh, just uh, a brutal injury for a player who was getting better and better and was a real workhorse for the Rams. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the NFC West uh, with the next uh, set of podcasts that we, after we get to the NFC South. And uh, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons and, and Matt Ryan, who has just been rock solid. Uh, he loses Julio Jones. I feel if you draft a player like Matt Ryan, you probably want to pair him up with maybe a young quarterback who could uh, have some big games. But Matt Ryan's a guy you could rely on for most of the season. The question is, you know, is he a quarterback one? I kind of see him around that, maybe a little bit outsided. He's steady. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think if you pair him up, like I said, with a, a rookie or a second-year quarterback, one of these guys, who you could kind of stream every now and then. That's probably the best situation to have uh, Matt Ryan uh, paired up with. How do you see it? Yeah, so it's an interesting one. Uh, and Ryan has been, yeah. I, I'd say, a pretty pretty consistent performer in terms of fantasy circles go uh, as being a number one quarterback uh, in an offense that was playing from behind a lot, uh, not a great defense. Uh, last three seasons, for example, 297 yards per game, 87 touchdowns over 47 games. They threw the ball 60, 65% of the time, so that's a, that, and, and averaged 41 passing attempts a game. So enter Arthur Smith, new head coach, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, sorry, formerly the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, and now the head coach of the Falcons. So you know, from what I'm seeing right now is in, in a lot of discussions and on 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 radio and, and and in columns that are being written. And Matt Matt Ryan's taken a pretty big hit as a result of this change in coaching and ch- change in systems. Now, granted, there isn't a Derrick Henry on this roster. It's different types of personnel. I think at the end of the day, you know, Arthur Arthur Smith has got to assess his personnel and figure out what's best to lead his team to victory. But Matt Ryan has taken a very swift drop, and I think in most circles he would not be considered number one quarterback coming into this year. And the big reason reason is, you know, that a lot of people think they'll run a very very dis- different system here. Can't argue with it. I like your I like your pairing him with a young guy, maybe maybe a player that has a little bit more of a of a a higher ceiling kind of player. That 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 sort of mix is probably a good thing because I think Matt Ryan still is going to have something to say in fantasy circles in 2021, but maybe not so as an every week starter, as was usually the case in the former system where a team was playing from behind a lot and had to throw the football a hell of a lot in each each and every game. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And, uh, you know, Mike Davis moving to the running back situation, you know, the, the Falcons did not address that at the draft. It kind of looks like he's the clear number one. Quadri Allison is 
looks to be his handcuff, a different type of player. But uh, Mike Davis is one of the running backs, if you look at the NFL, who figures in terms of usage and touches, figures to be on paper up there with just about anybody in the league because this is a league where teams really use two, three, and sometimes four running backs. Uh, it's very rare to see a player get uh, a, a, you know, a lion's share of the, of the touches, but that seems to be the case for Mike Davis. My, my perspective is, and like I said, this could be you know, maybe nitpicking a little bit about the player. I'm just wondering if he's not better off where he's paired up and could be a type of guy that's you know, used where it's a one and one A, kind of like a Jamal Williams and, 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 uh, and Aaron Jones last year with the Packers. Uh, that type of situation. I'm not sure if he's going to wear down over time. Like I said, that could be nitpicking. Uh, I have him as running back, too. I know you were talking him up, and uh, the question is, do you have him on the verge of running back one for this season? Yeah, so, you know, for an older guy, and Mike Davis is an older guy, he touched the ball more than he ever did in any other season that he's played in the NFL last year. And it's, it's a guy that has the ability to break tackles. Uh, we've seen it before. He's got he, Statistically, he's one of the higher-ranking guys in breaking tackles. But to your point, Wiz, he has not touched the football a lot. And, and that's the big concern here. I, I would... So I look at Javion Hawkins, who they drafted. I don't see him as much of an influence. They kind of cleaned house here, getting rid of Gurley. Um, Hill is gone. Brian Hill. Ito Smith is gone. I'd say the one guy that can be a sticking factor here because he's a bigger guy and you know running a, an Arthur Smith-type system is Kadri Allison, who I know is a player that you drafted a couple of years ago but didn't get on the field at all last year. So something to watch. That's the one place I would look for. But last year, Davis was a very, very capable guy replacing Christian McCaffrey. He he caught 59 balls. Uh, you know, he played terrific football last year. And like I said, for an older guy, doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. So I think the path to touches is definitely there. No way can I compare him to a guy like Derrick Henry, but but he does have a path for a lot of touches in this offense. Yeah, and I just feel like if you are paying up to get Mike Davis in a snake or an auction draft, then you may want to, if you're, if you're someone who believes, and I know there are people who don't believe in handcuffs, strongly believe them, have mixed views on them, but think if you're someone who pays up to get Mike Davis and you believe in handcuffs, you should, like you said, want to want to look up Quadri Allison and see if you could uh, get that player. And I know also, um, Wiz, you know, Cordaro Patterson is on this offense as well. They're kind of talking about him a bit, but would you say at this point in time, you know, his role is kind of more, much more defined as between returning kicks and more of a gadget player than anything else? I, yeah, I see, yeah, that's how I see it. I just don't see him going to, you know, I could see him being sprinkled in, but he's not going to diminish anyone's value in either of those two positions just from an offensive standpoint in terms of fantasy football. Um, Calvin Ridley is certainly a wide receiver one. I, I, you know, I could see people, you know, liking him as, you know, as a top five receiver even. He figures to have a, a lot of targets, um, a tremendous rapport with, with Matt Ryan. It seemed like he even had a stronger rapport with, with Ridley over Julio Jones uh, the last season or so. Um, 
not that you know Julio Jones was is not a great player, but it just seems like Ridley uh, is able to do things more over the middle of the field, can get a lot of targets, can get a lot of receptions. So Calvin Ridley, wide receiver one, I could see even as as a top five wide receiver in terms of fantasy value coming to the season. But I kind of look at the Falcon situation the same way I do as the Packers, where you have Adams and Ridley as top five guys for sure. But I don't think any other wide receiver on any of those rosters are um, fantasy football starters. How do you see it? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one here. Uh, I think Justin Gage has intrigue, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, when you saw Julio go out of the lineup last year, last seven games, he did manage to uh, secure 60 targets. Well, not secure all of them, but he was he was thrown to 60 times. Uh, and it finished the season with 72 catches, uh, four touchdowns. But I think Kyle Pitts, and we'll talk about him in a minute, is going to really move into the equation as the number two option in this offense, and it'll change dynamics here. But but Justin Gage could have some intrigue. Uh, I know they have Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, Frank Darby was drafted here, but I don't really see that as being an opportunity. Now, look, Calvin Ridley got hurt at the end of last year, so he's going to have to come back uh, a healthy player, and it looks like, by all accounts, that is going to be the case. But I, I agree with you outside of, of, of the tight end, and we'll, we'll talk about him, like I said, in a minute. Uh, it's going to be difficult to kind of lean on any of these other Falcon receivers here. I think they'll all contribute, but getting a steady contribution on a week-to-week basis might be a little tricky, especially when Kyle Pitts has entered the arena. Yeah, and um, speaking of Kyle Pitts, um, you know, very rarely do you see, you know, a tight end come into the league as a rookie with such, you know, um, expectations immediately being looked at as, a, you know, somewhere between four and six at the tight end position, certainly tight end one. Uh, I've seen him go in that grouping with Hawkinson, um and, and Andrews as well in some formulation of four, five, and six. Um, you know, I, I feel that's fine, but I, I, I've seen also some other people talking him up where he's getting into the grouping more of Darren Waller and George Kittle. I don't see that, at least as a rookie, but he's a different type of player. He's a tight end in name only. He has a tremendous skill set as a wide receiver, a terrific red zone presence, uh, great catch rating. Um, you know, he's going to be a mismatch for, for defenses to try and cover. So there's a lot to like about Kyle Pitts. Uh, how do you see it? Do you see him like in more in that four, five, six, seven range? Or do you see, you know, maybe him approaching that sacred territory of Waller and George Kittle? Yeah, it's probably going to be a reach other than, uh, I would say, other than uh, keeper leagues where I could see people really reaching up to get a guy like uh, Kyle Pitts at an expensive price. Uh, as I said, I think he's going to be the number two off, uh, option on offense for this team. Uh, I know Hayden Hurst is still on this roster, a guy that there was a lot of high hopes for last year. And in the past, Matt Ryan has had a tremendous amount of success with tight ends, uh, most prominently with Tony Gonzalez. He did so with uh, uh, Hooper, a couple, Austin Hooper a couple of years ago, but that was a team that was playing behind constantly. So a little bit different backdrop there. I think expectations last year were very high for Hurst and kind of disappointed. Did have 55 catches and six touchdowns. He's still on the roster. You'll see two, two tight ends on the field, I think, a lot, with Hurst playing inside and, and, uh, and Pitts playing on the outside. But... I, I think people are excited about Pitts. There was so much noise made about his physical abilities and, and kind of his wide receiver-like skills. And then you move away Julio Jones out of the offense. And I think there's a lot of intrigue that this is a guy that could approach 
very quickly over a thousand yards receiving 70 to 80 catches now granted this is a different system that the Atlanta Falcons are running uh, Arthur Smith is the, is like we talked about is the new head coach but I think there's a lot of intrigue on the player and I think there'll be high demand there Wiz and I think in his rookie year even in a non-keeper league overpaying for Kyle Pitts is what I would say you would see on a consistent basis in fantasy leagues coming into the drafts this year yeah and uh, the last time a uh a, a, a tight end as a rookie team and had over a thousand yards receiving Mike Dicker many, many, many years ago. And there's been a lot of great tight ends that have entered the league as rookie moving to the special teams of the Falcons, the defense. I'm not even going to you know, waste my time and even mention anything about them. If you want to put a word or two about the defense, you can, um, there's nothing for me to say. I had a lot of equity in young way. Cool. Last year. Um, he was absolutely incredible. He was making those 50 orders. Like they were to him from 20, the middle, the pinning the net. I mean, he, he was just ter- terrific. I mean, it's going to be difficult for him to duplicate something like that, but his performance was great, and uh, he should be drafted as a top 12 kicker, probably a lot uh, stronger than that on him. But, uh, yeah, what do you have to say about the uh, – defense kicking combo for the Falcons. Yeah, so zero interest in the defense. Uh so that I'll say. But Young Oku is is interesting. I had I definitely had equity in him. I would argue in one of my leagues he was the main factor of why why I won a championship. He was that consistent. Uh big leg, 8 of 9, uh sorry, 8 of 8 from fi- uh, 50 plus, 8 of 9 from 40 plus. 144 total points. I think he averaged more fantasy points per game uh, last season by far than any other kicker. So he was a major, major factor. A couple of concerns was, uh, one, his shoes were recently stolen. And he was literally out there begging for his his car was stolen. His shoes were in the car. And he's begging. He doesn't give a crap about the car. He's begging for those shoes to be returned. So something to watch there. Uh, But the other thing is, I don't know, Wiz, is, is this the player, we know how inefficient this offense was. We know how they played from behind. Arthur Smith definitely saw a, a coach who was willing to put his kicker on the field in, in um, Goskowski in Tennessee last year. Goskowski was terrible from long distance and extremely inconsistent. I don't know, with the change in coaches and potentially a little bit more conservative offense, is, is who a player that can take a, a substantial hit? It's tough to duplicate what he did last year. Uh, that, that's what I would say. And I don't know. He, he could be a candidate for a player that takes a hit as a result of the new system that the Falcons will be running. I don't know if you agree with that statement or not, but I, there are some concerns that I have on that front. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about the player. I mean, you know, he he he's shown that he can make the long field goals. The kicking I dish, I, I you know, situation is conditions are ideal indoors. Uh, there's a lot to like about a player. Like I said, it'll be tough for him to duplicate that from last year, but he certainly should be drafted as a top five to seven kicker in all formats. All right, very good. All right, so that's a wrap-up on the Atlanta Falcons. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll move our way to the next team in the NFC South, which will be the Carolina Panthers. Lots of changes going on there as well. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Again, make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, talk to you in a bit on the Carolina Panthers. You got it.